Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This is God's manual. How to live here, how to get to heaven. This is a manual. It covers everything. But sometimes we don't think it fits in certain parts. It's living, it's powerful, it's active. And notice, it meets every need we could ever have in any situation, in any part of the world. That's the living Word of God. Now you understand why Satan hates it. But God's Word always defeats Satan. Do you read your Bible regularly outside of church services? Do you own a Bible? If your answer to either or both of those questions is no, you're missing one of the most important weapons in your spiritual arsenal. Pastor Mark will be teaching extensively on the spiritual defenses God has made available to you and why you should be aware of and how to use them. He'll also be teaching about the single offensive weapon that you have. You'll learn what it is, why it's so important to learn to use it effectively, and the danger to your spiritual health if you ignore this weapon. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 6 as he continues his message, Defeating Satan by Being Spiritually Dressed in God's Armor. This is very important to us. Write this next step down. Christ followers, God helps us to use the sword of the Spirit, notice, to give hope, to give hope and life to unbelievers. It's not just against Satan, but it's for unbelievers to be able to share that with them, that they have hope if they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So I can use this word in a very positive, loving way to kind of minister to unbelievers or hurting people, a lot of different things. But you remember in the scripture, Jesus, when he began his ministry at the age of 30, he went to have John the Baptist baptize him in water. Not because he had any sin. It was just to identify with you and me. And the very next thing is the Holy Spirit came on him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next thing we find out, he wasn't only filled, but he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. Now, the Holy Spirit didn't lead him in to be tempted. He led him in to be tested. And so here's Jesus. He goes right into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he's fasting And he's praying. At the end of that time, Satan knew an opportunity. He came, and it was Jesus in the wilderness and Satan. And Satan came to Jesus and gave him three temptations, three in a row. 
And I'm just going to give you one of them. And I want you to see how Jesus uses the sword against the lies of Satan. Now, this is just one of the three. And the tempter, Matthew 4, 3, the tempter, Satan, came to him and said, if you are the son of God, some translations say, since you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, if you haven't eaten for 40 days, is that a little tempting to you? Okay, like, do I need to say that again? Are you deaf? <laughs> Let's try it again. If you haven't eaten for 40 days, would even a piece of moldy bread be tempting to you? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Okay. So, see, sometimes we don't get this. If temptation isn't tempting, it isn't temptation. Does Satan know how to tempt us with things that look really good? He just never tells us the end result of it. So here he is. And what Satan's saying to Jesus, look, you're the son of God. I know you're hungry. God doesn't care. Say the word. Could Jesus have done that? Of course. So this is a real temptation. In fact, if you and I are there, I'm thinking, Jesus, help me. Help me. May this be a piece of sourdough bread that just came out of the oven with butter on it. Oh, the fan's blowing this. Some of you didn't eat this morning. Sorry. Okay. But watch what Jesus does. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does Jesus say? I'm not going to meet my physical needs. Oh, I'm hungry. But I am going to follow the leading of the spirit. So he decided to put the spirit man first. And you might say, well, really, is that going to be? What is he saying? I look for direction in my life, not from you. God didn't tell me to make this. I could have done it. Breads and loaves and fishes, you know, I could do it. But I'm waiting for God. Now, that was amazing to me because did God ever minister to his physical needs? Yes. After these three temptations, it says the angels came and ministered to Jesus. So what he's saying is, I find direction in my life from the will of God, which is found in the word of God. And I refuse to do that. Now, here's something that quite a few of you probably don't know, but some of you know. But it's a great review. The Bible uses two different Greek words for the word, the word of God. Those two words are logos, and I'll explain to you very simply in a moment, logos, and rhema, rhema. So logos is all the written word of God. What you have in your hand, a Bible, on your iPad, whatever, that is logos. It's all from God. It's the written word of God. Now, the next word, notice, is a rhema word. That means a specific verse or passage from the Logos, from the Bible. It means that specific passage or verse from the Bible that the Holy Spirit speaks into our lives when I'm facing a certain situation in my life. Now, some people take this totally wrong. They misunderstand the definition. Some people say, well, I got a word from God yesterday, and they 
give you this word and you go, well, that doesn't sound like the Bible to me. Well, it doesn't have to be in the Bible. God gave me that word for me. Uh, sorry. What does the Bible say? We can't add a word or subtract a word. It's the finished product from God. Amen. That's why we have some of the cults out there. We're adding our own or the head of a certain church. I'm interpreting that word different. Well, it doesn't match your Bible. It doesn't matter. God spoke to me. Liar, liar, deceiver, deceiver. And we see that more and more today. So don't misunderstand this. This is the Bible. God can give me, and I'll show you how in a moment, a rainbow, a word that comes out of here that speaks to a specific situation where I'm at. Now, watch how this fits here for Jesus. Watch this. By the way, logos, here's what it sounds like. All scripture is God-breathed, all. And it's useful teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Now, both of these, logos and rhema, are crucial to our Christian life. God uses the logos word to speak his rhema word from us. So in other words, any word that God's going to make at that moment special to me comes from the written word of God, not from somebody's idea. Now, watch what you see on the overhead. We already read it, but I want you to see it. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word. That is not logos, that's rhema. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, what Jesus in every one of those temptations, he went back to the book of Deuteronomy and he pulled out every one of those was a different temptation. And he used a different verse for every one of those temptations. In other words, he said to Satan, watch this, zip, fits perfectly. Watch the second one, zip. Fits perfectly. It's not, oh, God loves you today. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. But didn't fit the situation. Are you getting it? And the third one, whoop. And you know what happened at the three? Satan left. He was defeated. The sword, whoo, the sword of the spirit is powerful. That's amazing. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's Jesus. Yes. Do you know that you and I are supposed to do the very same thing? And I'm going to explain to you what that looks like. Now, I want you to write this down first. Every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit. Now listen, the author of the Bible living in you 24-7. The minute you became a Christian, the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, came to live in you. That means the Holy Spirit can give me a rhema word a specific verse from the Bible to speak to a certain situation that I'm in front of. I can be speaking to an unbeliever. Maybe he gives me a question I'm having a hard time answering, or I'm thinking, how am I going to answer that? Do you know that he can give me, you've experienced that, he can give me an exact word right from here that only fits this person for this situation. Zip! And it's the answer. Amen? Now, that's to an unbeliever. But if I'm counseling, you're counseling a friend, another Christian, and they're, they're asking you a question, I'm in trouble with my marriage, I'm having difficulty with this situation. You, realize, you know what God can do? Give you an exact word, exact word 
that can minister to them. I was shopping the other day, and, and I was looking. I, was, I only have one item. I'm looking. You know how the lines usually are, Lord, help me. And there was a gal standing out just like this, and there was nobody else in the line. I went, thank you, Jesus. I got right there. And when I went there, she says, Pastor Mark. And I went through. And I went, okay, this is not by accident. And she began sharing some things. It's personal, can't tell you. But I knew it instantly. She had her bracelet on. I knew instantly the word. And I just spoke a word of hope and comfort and encouragement to her right from the word of God. You see, I just said, uh, let me see if I can find a Bible here. I find something here. Would you like Leviticus? No, that's not a specific word for a specific problem. She needed a word of encouragement and hope. She told me the story. See, I can use this on an unbeliever. I can use that sword of the Spirit on a believer in counseling when they need help. I can also use this. You've seen it happen. You're having a quiet time, and you're reading this, and you've read this verse like forever, and all of a sudden, whoo! Have you had that experience? It jumps off the page for who? You. Who is directing that? The Holy Spirit. He gave you something you needed right then. You know what happens? God often does this to me. Now, God lives outside of time. And God will often wake me up at 3 or 4 in the morning with something that I need to change in the teaching for a weekend. And I've said to God, God, could you do it at 7.30 in the morning? I've never really gotten an answer. <laughs> I'm making a joke, but that's true. You say, well, again, you're a pastor. No, God can speak the living word whenever you need it. And that verse just pops right there or jumps off the page. That's what we're talking about, a rainbow word from God. Now, remember, it always must come from the logos, the real Bible, the whole thing together. Actually, rhema and logos, those kind of things, they just intertangle together. Now, here's the next thing I want you to write then. Notice what this is. God helps Christ followers to use the sword of the Spirit Not just to encourage, not just to counsel, not just to talk to a believer or an unbeliever, but watch this, to defeat Satan and his evil strategies, just as Jesus did. See, this word can be used in every situation in life. It's got everything covered in my life and your life as well. Now, one of the things that we forget is how powerful the word is, and it's with us 24-7, in all kinds of situations in our life. It's living. The Bible, many people call it the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. You see, you need direction in every area of life. This is God's manual, how to live here, how to get to heaven. This is a manual. It covers everything. But sometimes we don't think it fits in certain parts. It's living. It's powerful. It's active. And notice, it meets every need we could ever have in any situation, in any part of the world. That's the living word of God. Now you understand why Satan hates it. But God's word always defeats Satan. All right. Now, there's a promise 
it shouldn't surprise you. When Jesus was getting ready to leave, he left a promise. And he was talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. They were panicking. Look at the promise. But the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. That's that rhema word coming back to us. See, that's my assurance that I have God in me. The Holy Spirit is right here. Everything I need to know to do life is right here in the manual. And the author of this lives in me. That's how personal it is. Now, I, you would think, okay, Pastor Mark, that was exciting. Wow, I really like that. There's the six pieces of armor. I need to put them on. But it's not enough. There's more that needs to come. Look at verse 18. Paul writes this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints or all the believers everywhere. So here, Melbourne, write this down. Here's the thing that makes the armor work together. Prayer is the spiritual energy we need to fight against Satan. It's no good to have all the armor on and I have no energy, no spiritual energy from God to fight the battle. Now, prayer is very simple. It's two-way conversation, two-way conversation with God. I basically talk to God and then I listen to God. He does the same thing. He listens to me, and then he talks to me. It's just simple two-way conversation. Why pray then? Pastor Mark, I got the armor on. Why do I need to pray? Here it is. Number one, write these down. The Bible commands us to pray. One day, Jesus said it like this. He told his disciples in Luke 18, a parable, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus didn't just command us to pray. He modeled it. Anytime he needed wisdom for his disciples, who to choose? He went to prayer. Before he blessed the food, before that miracle took place of the fish and the loaves, he prayed to the Father, God, I need help doing this. Now, if Jesus is our model and we see him praying everywhere, we too should copy that model in their life. Number two. Prayer allows Christ followers to know God. If you're going to have any kind of a relationship with a person, a spouse, a friend, coworker, whatever, even your children, if you're going to have any kind of an intimate relationship, then every believer knows this. You have to communicate with them. Many problems in our marriages from day one, no communication, Or only one side talking, the other side not listening, vice versa. That's a disaster in marriage. Well, that's why we pray to God. It's not just to get our wish list, which you'll see in a moment is absolutely foolish just to think that. But it's to get to know God. See, if I don't really know God, I'll never trust God. Then why would I put anything on a piece of paper? Because I don't trust him. Anybody believe God still answers prayer today? Okay, 22%, that's good. 
The altar call is going to be thousands of people. Does God answer prayer? Come on. Has he ever answered your prayer? Oh, my goodness. We'd never get out of here if we started on the first row of that one. So understand, if I don't have intimacy, I will not be able to trust God. And I won't believe that he can do anything, which he can. There's nothing too hard for God. Now, number three, prayer allows us to discover God's will for our lives. How long was Jesus in the wilderness praying and fasting? How long? 40 days. And what was the first answer he gave? Put it in a stone. He said, no, no, no. I'm not doing your will. I'm doing whose will? God's. Where did he get that strength from? Prayer. Now, I'm not asking you to pray 40 days or fast 40 days. That was a huge thing for Jesus to show us that nothing can defeat God's word and prayer. Now, here's a prayer I pray kind of, it's a kind of a joke, so relax. But I kind of pray this prayer every morning. I want you to see and see if you could tell me if there's anything wrong with this prayer. Here we go. The Balmer translation. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask, we ask for anything we want, God will give it to us. Some of you that are new going, praise God, I found the right church. This is phenomenal. Uh, No, I have a little word down here at the bottom. What's it say? Uh, No. Now, what does that verse really say? Let me share it with you. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, watch me, according to his will, he hears us. The longer you live, the more you know this. God's will for us is better than any plan I have. Even when he says no or wait. So you have to understand that. Prayer allows me to discover God's will. The Lord's prayer. It's kind of the disciples' prayer. God, may your will that's being done in heaven be done here on earth. That's what you want. Prayer helps me submit my will to his will. Just exactly what Jesus did. Because if you push your will, quite often God will let us do it. And then you're going to have to make a U-turn because it's a disaster. I've been there and you've been there. I always want God's will. I struggle with that, but I try to always put it first. Now, number four, prayer helps us not to worry. As I look out and guaranteed, we could just begin saying, what are you worried about today? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I never worry. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Here we go. Of course we worry. We all worry. But prayer helps me. And here's what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul writes it like this. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught you more about the correct use of the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. You heard about the example of Peter who used the Scriptures on the day of Pentecost to make his listeners realize their sin. You learned that you need to be familiar with God's Word so that you can actually use it to fight against temptation and evil. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Defeating Satan, by being spiritually dressed in God's armor. You'll learn about the necessity of making use of the energy you need to use the armor and the sword, which is prayer. Pastor Mark will tell you how to begin or improve your prayer life and how an active prayer life benefits your whole life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Blessed. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.